This is the FS Tech Podcast. Hello and welcome to the FS Tech Podcast. I'm Hannah McGrath, the editor of FS Tech, and today we're going to be tackling the issue of data on demand and asking how is data changing the face of the asset management industry? So let's put this question into a bit of context first. As the financial services industry undergoes rapid change with rising demand for digital services and real-time decision-making, there is a renewed focus on properly governed data as the view for this transformation. And the world of investment and asset management is racing to catch up. Following the arrival of on-demand culture with employees able to call up the data, movie or product they need at the touch of a button on Amazon and Netflix, the days of trawling through an Excel database and legacy systems for the information they need is no longer an option. To thrive in this data-driven ecosystem and retain digital native talent, senior leaders need to ensure that their teams and stakeholders have access to the information they need for fast, efficient and transparent decision-making in real time, whilst ensuring that data governance and compliance controls are front of mind. So in this podcast, we're gonna take a look at the issues surrounding data governance and how asset managers and asset owners can empower staff from the front to the back office, reduce operating costs and ease compliance with the right systems and processes. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined today by Dean McIntyre, Director of Strategy at FactSet, uh, an integrated data and software solutions provider to help me explain all of this. So Dean, welcome to the podcast. Hi there, great to be here. Great, it's great to have you on. Um, so, so let's first of all um, look at the the current state of data governance. Can you explain um, how you currently see the state of data governance across the parts of financial services uh, that you cover, and how have things changed since the start of the pandemic about ten months or so? Absolutely. Okay. I, I think uh, for me, the first thing to, to, to reiterate is that data has always been a challenge. That's never gone away. If I go back to the conferences I did 20 years ago, data would have been top of the list. The challenge of data has changed over the time. That's the biggest thing. Uh, and now we're moving into a phase where we have more and more data. Governance is becoming a key element of, of the data change. Mm-hmm. Um, the balance of governance and empowerment then takes us to the next phase. So we're gonna talk about things like digital transformation, but without the right governed data and control of that data, we can't get the empowerment right. And that is really prevalent right now with a pandemic, with everyone working from home and using online systems to consume more and more, find new reasons, new opportunities, new ideas, that data is becoming more relevant to all users and being able to digest and consult that data in, in new founded ways, whether it's new technology uh, or whether it's just new ideas uh, is really, really important. Um, so I think you know, companies have spent a lot of time on the governance and now they're moving into that. How do we empower? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, you know, ensuring that um, staff have everything they need at their fingertips, um, especially in remote working environments, has, has got to be you know, critical during this time. So yeah, um, it's a really good point there. Um, so with companies like Amazon using AI to create a great user experience and the growing influence of the digital generation in the investment world, does this spell the end of the Excel spreadsheet? Is it time to consign it to the dustbin of history? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, that, let's be really fair that Excel is the most common UDP, user-defined process in the market, right? So it's an individual's choice for for programming uh, at a very light level. Um, So taking a portfolio and and adjusting it in a way that means you can do it yourself. Excel has always been the answer there. So I I don't think that's going away. What is going away is the regulatory reasons for using Excel. The idea of holding uh, an Excel spreadsheet with 
proprietary data and good content with fat fingers and everything else that goes on with Excel is really quite a scary prospect. So companies are looking for more robust processes and far more transparent. You know, I think the gone are the days we can pretend what we did uh, in a black box was good enough. We have to show why we're making decisions, how we're making decisions, and Excel doesn't track that. Uh, so systems are really key. And I think that you make a great point with, with AI. We live in a world of dramatic technological changes. Companies like Amazon are paving the way. So you think about adding something to my basket. I add a, a new item to my basket on my phone, on the train. I get home. I decide that I want to apply that. I go to my laptop. It's in my basket. The investment world is no different. If I'm an equity manager and I'm running an equity portfolio, I want to make sure that the tools that I'm using are reflective of that. The analytics I see are reflective of that. When I go to news, I want to make sure the news is relevant to my portfolio. When I go and do everything in that investment world, it's really important that it reflects the current real world. Um, if we think about millennials, Generation X, now Y, and the silent generation, the idea of social presence and having the tools that we all use and know and love, whether it's chatbots, whether it's you know online chat, which is far more common than it used to be, we're not picking up the phone as much as we used to whilst we are doing video calls. I think it's really important that we have that user experience, you know, and then and there's other ideas around, you know, if you read something on your phone, will it show as red on your laptop? You know, all of those things we take for granted in, in Amazon, Netflix, in, even in, in Outlook, how to reflect that in our own systems. I think that's uh, is very prevalent right now. And, and I mentioned there, um, you know, the, the idea that there's this rising generation within asset management, you know, their expectations are changing, their, their lifestyles are much more digital. And I guess they're expecting their workplaces to, to reflect that. Absolutely. And I, you know, it would be very clear that the, uh, the asset management world is, is far behind the curve when it comes to technological changes. You know, I think about things like APIs uh, and microservice nature is becoming more prevalent in the industry right now but amazon coined that in 2006 right that was when they changed the api we're talking many many years behind which is new tech in in, in the investment world right now so things are catching up things are changing expectations are higher new uh, graduates that are coming into companies are affecting the way we do interact you know teams has been far more prevalent online chat is far more prevalent so you'll you'll see that influence over time yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and for those that have been investing in digital transformation, can you talk me through the process, um, particularly for asset managers and, and how effective it can be? Yeah, I think, I think everyone's been aiming for digital transformation for quite some time. But the idea of exposing your data via digital platforms is quite scary. So if you look back five years ago, the huge investment in data lakes, data warehouses, investment in understanding your data and starting to control your data had to be the first building block. The first parameter of opening up your doors is making sure what's behind the doors is comfortable and, and you're very uh, happy with sharing that data. So I think that the journey has been longer than you would see, but now the digital transformation and the, the tools to consume that data is far more uh, obvious. You know, there's business intelligence tools that are coming out and far more prevalent in the investment world now need to grab that data, that deep light data. So the amount of work that's been done on data lakes and controlling that moving from monolithic to microservice architecture has really been a goal of a lot of our companies. So going back to that first, and then we think about the digitalization is how do we expose the data in the right way to the right people at the right time? So having the tools to really disseminate data, but with the control to know who's seeing what, when they're seeing it, 
uh, at what state the data is because our data in itself changes state over time like day one it's a it's a, an indicative view day five may be a signed off view day 10 might be fully blessed and have everything else with the performance so understanding that and exposing that so that we have the right transparency to use the tools correctly uh, is great um, and i think we've already talked about it but the digital demand i want everything now I don't want to wait for calculation. I want everything in new ways. I want to be able to dissect it. I want to be able to ask questions on it. I want to be able to challenge it uh, in the same way that we use our tools right now. Right click. I want to go somewhere else. I want that user experience to be what I know uh, has, has really shaped the way digital transformation is happening. Uh, and it's happening at a far faster rate than the data control and governance. Uh, which took quite a long time to grab hold. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, wherever you look, um, there, there's this there's this tension between data sharing and wanting data accessibility, but at the same time, there being um, a huge amount of, of rules and regulations around data access and uh, permissions and, and data privacy as well. You know, from the consumer point of view, you want to make sure that your data is being handled safely and, and securely. Um, so there is that tension there. And I, and I guess that, you know, if you do have uh, good visibility um, with, with compliance and, and those kind of policies, them built then it's much easier to manage yeah that's a great point i mean you mentioned the word cloud and some people get scared some people get embraced um but understanding what that really means when you're looking at technology and sharing technology is is really important to understand uh where your goal is and i think whenever it comes to technology i always look back to the the architecture and, and how your company wants to be in the future you know it's that lifestyle change yeah, absolutely. And is there buy-in for this kind of data-driven transformation from, from senior leaders? And, and what are their priorities at the moment? Yeah, I think there's, there's a huge buy-in. Um, the, the, the focus on data has been an obvious trend towards that digitalization. So the data lakes, so we've already mentioned that. But I think, you know, the bigger projects around what C-Level are trying to do is we're, we're seeing in the vendor space that our clients are looking to do more with less. They want more partnerships with clients uh, with with vendors um, and they want to do less vendors right the idea of the old uh, best of breed um, patchwork quilt of connective tissue uh, is long gone right the idea that you have to integrate 10 times into 10 systems becomes painful uh, becomes unsupportive so how do we do more with less and that's not saying I want to use one vendor but I want to use the right vendors that will partner and do more of my business so I think that's a, that's a general trend and I think that's come about because of that governance and data driven need and also the cost pressures that are going on in, in the industry will help um, so how does IT um, help those decisions and I think if you look at C-level you also look at decision makers now I've been on a number of panels where we talked about the influence of IT on decision making okay I run a performance team and I want to select a, a performance vendor IT are getting far more involved and in saying, okay, where is this client at? Uh, is this vendor using APIs? Can we connect into what we see as the future of our architecture? Can we use a microservice roadmap? And that's having a dramatic effect on vendor choice. Um, so I think that comes from the C-level, that comes from change and a directive from above. Yeah, interesting. So the point around interoperability and making sure that, you know, everything, can, the systems can talk to one another because there's no point bringing in a new uh, vendor if they can't connect to your existing systems and get to your existing data. That's a really interesting point. Um, so we, we touched on this briefly earlier, um, but on the regulatory side of things, um, having data governance is, is just as important as the quality of the data. Um, why is it important that companies are able to improve this framework? 
Yeah, I think the regulation creeps up in every direction, right? Everywhere you look, whether it's benchmark, whether it's LIBOR, you know, regulations are getting tighter and tighter. So the idea that you can control and understand your data, and again, it's not just being able to lock down your data, it's understanding the, the change of data over time, right? Usage require you need to give uh, a, a VAR number on day one, on day five, on day 10. That number's going to change. The models have changed, but understanding what it was on day one and five and 10 is really important. So, you know, that governance is really important. Um, and I think that from a regulatory point, it's that transparency. It's all about showing how you're controlling that data, what data is going in. Um, and that reflects into the investment world as well. You know, the transparency of what we're trying to achieve, right? The the days of the poet fund manager saying, okay, I'm good at performance because I'm good is not good enough anymore. Why are you good at performance? Why have you outperformed? What are what your themes that you're betting on that mean I can trust you as a fund manager? So I think it's all the way through the organization from regulatory that transparency is key. Uh, and that's why coupling governance with transparency or, or distribution uh, is really important. Yeah, absolutely. On the, on the reporting side as well, you know, you need that transparency there and the data and the reports accessible for when the regulator does come knocking because it needs to be quick and, and almost instantaneous. You cannot take weeks to deliver what the regulator needs. Yeah, yeah. That trusted source is really important, right? The idea of having multiple numbers for the same thing, like say just a return. I've got three versions of a return, which is the correct one? you know we're moving away from that we want to get golden and trusted source so that we can make sure that regulatory bodies are happy but also that our, our front office and our consumers of data are getting consistent outcomes yeah absolutely uh, I, I mean beyond the basics i mean good data management should be able to aid and support innovation too and um, we've seen a rise in deep data how have firms thinking about advanced analytics, AI and machine learning, um, and how are they trying to use those to gain advantage to keep up with more agile challenges in the market? Absolutely. Uh, this is a big topic for, for me in particular, uh, and, and facts that in general is, you know, how do we take that deep data that we've got and people have gathered and created over time um, and use technology um, like microservice architecture so that we can open up more robust programming into our data. So how do we be open and allow people to challenge our data in new ways using AI and ML? There's a number of examples, whether it be the Amazon example of, of using the bucket, that show how AI should be used, right? I need to understand what I'm trying to achieve. If I trade in a certain way multiple times, how successful have I been? How can I learn from my history and my past with, with AI technology or machine learning? How do I suggest that there should be a hedge put on because this portfolio has particular restrictions? How do I understand that? You know, we see it in everyday life. Every time you go to a banner that's on your advertising, it seems to remember the trainers you were just looking at, right? These things happen all the time. How do we promote that into the investment world? How do we suggest when you're making a trade, oh, here's some equities that you have been reading information on that you may be interested in. Um, here um, on a performance side, you have 10 portfolios that invest in European securities. This particular one looks very different from the other nine, right? Looking for the abnormal in the normal. All of these techniques are, are really important. And I think that, that we underestimate how much they will grow. Um, anything deep data for me and machine learning, we start with this simple and we build on, on top of that. Um, but there's so much going on in this part of the industry and we've seen a lot of startup companies and you know that, that focus on machine learning and AI. I think it's, a, I think with the data now in order, I think this is where we're gonna see an, uh, an express uh, uh, model of uh, AI and ML. 
Yeah, re- really interesting there. And I guess, you know, it, it goes to that fundamental question of how how you assess your performance as a fund manager, you know, what makes a good fund manager? And actually, increasingly, we can use data and use trends um, to assess, you know, what works and what doesn't, um, which obviously, you know, leads to, to much better outcomes for, for, for companies. Yeah, and you, th- you think their, their biggest challenge of the, of the fund manager is data, right? Uh, gone are the days that you read the telegraph in the morning or the or the financial times and that was enough information to to make your day go by you know we're constantly challenged with data from analysts from news feeds from uh, earnings calls how do you how do you help a, a fund manager understand that data in a way that's consumable ml and ai could be that way right how do we dissect that news and give you the highlights how do we understand that information and do more with it because the vastness of data you know for me it's mind numbing how much data there is out there. So how do you make sure you get the right data and use that in your investment decision? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's been a really, really good overview of, you know, how that how the industry is changing and, you know, what better data management can can do to, to help that and expedite that process. Um, so finally, if, if our listeners want to find out more about FactSet, um, where can we send them? Yeah, just visit our website at factset.com. Um, we'll always be happy to, to follow up and get give you uh, an overview of what we can do. Brilliant. Thanks. Thanks so much for that, Dean. Uh, It's been great having you on. No problem. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the FS Tech Podcast.